everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable. I'm Regional Master Instructor Marty Miller, here as always with fellow Regional Master Instructor, dear friend, Miss Wendy Vats. Wendy, how are you doing? I am good, Marty. How are you? Wonderful. Clearly, I'm in a new location today, but all is well. <laughs> where's Marty today? today? I'm telling you, it is like, well, like, where's Waldo? I'm not going right. to lie. <laughs> Without a doubt. I need, a, I need a new shirt, but it is Orlando today. So in the same state, at least. Uh, getting closer to home. So, you know. Right. Right. I'm sure your wife probably doesn't even recognize you these days. So <laughs> no, I, I go home, I'm allowed to do laundry. And then she's like, when are you leaving again? Right. <laughs> well, I'm, great situation. I'm telling you, you know what? That's probably why you're happily married. So <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's perfect. I get to go do what we do and get to come home and then right back at it. So I love That's it. Right. Well, this week I'm really excited because Marty, I know this is a topic that you hold very true and dear to your heart. I know you did some um, a topic or, or a presentation on this at Optima this year, and we've gotten a lot of really great questions and people wanted more. So we decided this week we would talk about getting a grip, talking about grip strength. And, uh, you know, Marty, like I said, I know this is kind of your specialty. So I'm looking forward to learning as always from you and uh, jumping right on in. Yeah, so I won't give too, too much away, but this has been something I've been thinking about for probably eight to nine years now, and it was me coming off a conference on primal movement patterns, and all of a sudden, of all things, I learned about this from one of my children, and we'll get into slides about that, and I'll tie that back in together then, but this is something I think, Wendy, you and I have known our entire fitness career that grip strength is important, and hopefully we're going to find out a little more of the potential reasons why. Yes. And so if we go to the next one, these are going to be the three main areas that we're going to talk about. Um, number one, of course, the importance of grip strength. And then also how grip strength is um, basically it, it's a predictor of our longevity, which is kind of crazy to think about. You know, again, it's not something that we measure as often as apparently we should. And then, of course, we're going to talk about exploring new training techniques and maybe some different tools that we use when we're training our, our clients and athletes um, in order to work on this particular area, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll hopefully give a couple key takeaways on what you can do in the gym tomorrow with your clients to add some new exercise techniques. Yes, indeed. Excellent. So Wendy, I'll jump in here and then, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts because again, you and I've been in the industry you know, for a little while. And I know going back early on in my career, grip strength, again, was just this precursor for longevity. And then it was a period, not a comma, right? Like, okay, but there was never really the why. So, you know, we, we know that this is a, a indicator, but also look at the quality of life, right? If you can't grab things and open things and, you know, really use the dexterity and strength in your hands, obviously the quality of your life is going to diminish, but you'll see in this bullet point here, very important endogenous parameter of health related quality of life, as we talked about. And then, you know, as we look at the loss of muscle strength, which enhances the risk of fatal falls and consequently the risk of fractures, you know, strongly related to health related quality of life. And Wendy, I know you and I both have trained youth to elite athletes to seniors. So I'm sure you've seen this in your training with your clients as well. I have. And you know what? I think it's important because, you know, people always tell me, when do you have such strong hands? And in all reality, with what I do on the manual therapy side, it's really important in my career that I do have strong hands and, for, you know, work on my forearms and everything like that, too. Because, again, it's going to help me do what I do best, um, which is go in, find that tender spot and put people through pain that's 
you know, shouldn't be painful, if you will, but to find those areas that need some, a little bit of work done. But you know what, too, it's like, you know, when you're thinking about translation, it is very, very important. And so, you know, we'll do these like handshakes. Remember back in the day when you're like, shake my hand, how hard can you squeeze? And then the first one to give, did you ever do that? Of course I did. <laughs> I mean, you know, we were working on it then and made it a game when we were younger. But now that we realize how important it is, I mean, I think, you know, it's starting working with someone, my son who's six, it's important to really work on his grip strength because especially after looking at some of the statistics we're going to talk about, it really is important. And with that grip, Wendy, you're going to live forever. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, watch out world. <laughs> exactly. But when you think about this too, you know, when we're talking about like high grip strength, it's strongly associated with, you know, um, preserved mobility, higher activities of daily living, and of course, decreased disability. So right there, that should be indicator number one. This is something you should start working on if you're not already. And it was inversely associated with all-cause mortality. So when you think about all-cause, you're thinking about cardiovascular. You're thinking about, I mean, just everything health-wise. I mean, if you're looking at the, the what was it, five kilograms, I think, was the, what the research was showing. Um, yeah. it, that's That's significant. And I know, Marty, when you were, you know, you pulled up a lot of, um, a lot of research that you're going to share with us, but, you know, you also want to think about myocardial infarction as well as stroke. I mean, all of this stuff, um, just by thinking about grip strength and, and I never really associated all of that until you kind of put this together and you talked about it at Optima, which again, very, you know, it, it intrigued me even more, but then, you know, if you look at all the, the benefits, it's just, I never really put it all together. Yeah, and two things that jump out at me is one, this last bullet point. It, it again, I, the research is there. You'll see it at the bottom here. It, in the Lance, it's not like muscle and fitness. I mean, this is as good of uh, medical research you can get. Grip strength is a stronger predictor of all cause and cardiovascular mortality than systolic blood pressure. Like how many times you go to your doctor and they check your blood pressure? No doctor's ever talked about your grip strength, but reverse engineering part of this. If you look back into the early 1900s, et cetera, what would people have done that primarily live long? They were manual laborers, right? They worked all day long, you know, and remember how we used to talk about like that person has farm strength. They never went to a gym, but they were just strong. And I remember one of my, um, speaking of that handshake game, one of my good friend's father was an electrician his whole life. So think about what he had to do all day, every day. And he could crush you from a grip strength. Like we used to play that game, like dear Lord, never went to a gym in his life. He was just active his whole life. So as you start to think about this, and we're going to tie in another part of it, it just makes sense. People that are incredibly active and doing physical things would have to have strong grip. And it would make sense. They have a chance to live longer than sedentary people or people who don't put their body through the appropriate stress. So we can be sedentary now and still exercise, right? So we still have to think are we as active as our generations before us well that and it's also really quick to you know you can lose it very quickly as well mm -hmm. I mean I look at someone like my dad again you know he was raised on a farm my grandfather you know he raised you know he had crops and everything and they had to cut and carry and do all the things manually they didn't have all the big machines that they do now and I mean he could open jars like that he could do all this stuff so quickly and now he's 82 and he struggles to open a jar and things like that, but it's not anything he really started 
to work on. So now I'm like, oh my goodness, you need to start doing all these hand exercises. He's like, what, why? And I'm like, because I want you to live forever, you know? And, um, but it is something that's too, over time, if you don't work on, you will lose it. And it is a very important activity of daily living, especially if you live by yourself. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So I'm excited to continue on. So for those of you just joining us today, myself, Marty Miller here with Wendy Bats, we are talking all things grip, kind of get a grip and the advantages of knowing the research behind why grip strength is such a good indicator for longevity. So Wendy, why don't you jump in here and talk about this one? Yeah, I mean, so when we're talking about, you know, the use of grip strength as a biomarker for current health status, it's most directly supported by research showing cross-sectional association between grip strength and the strength of other muscle actions, both health, both healthy individuals have, as well as adults with pathologies. And so, you know, when you're thinking too, again, looking at research, I mean, it's very important that, um, you know, when we're looking at your grip strength and, and how it's an indicator, what, what is it that you're doing to increase your grip strength? And if we go back to the slide and you start looking at the second bullet point, it's important too, to think about, you know, using something like the, um, the grip, I always say this wrong, dynamometry. I don't say it wrong, but I have to like spread it, you know, spread it out. But when you're thinking about that and the measurement of the grip strength has, it's been adopted as a singular indicator of overall strength. And so for me, I'm like, huh, I wonder if I could just grab one of these and squeeze it and then say, okay, this is how strong you are. Let's move on. And it lets me know overall as a trainer, what I'm working with. Absolutely. It's, it's go back to why we assess, right? So we do tremendous job of movement assessments, but this is so simple and easy. You can buy the more expensive one you see there. There's digital ones. It's such an easy screen. And then you can tie it again to show someone's progression over a four, six, eight week period. And they're going to be shocked, right? So I would absolutely add this into your assessments. Research time. Yeah, Marty, this is all you, bro. <laughs> One, I wanted, you know, I was fascinated with the topic. So coming from athletic training background, NESM background, I didn't want to just kind of think about it. I wanted to dig into it. So a couple key research articles here. So you can see here from perspective, urban and rural epidemiology, the pure study researchers measured grip strength, nearly 140,000 adults. So 17 countries, pretty good sample size, right? That this isn't just 10 people and filed the health for four years. So really solid, solid uh, research here. So you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Wendy, with that five kilograms. So around 11 pound decrease in grip strength over the course of the study was linked to look at this here, 16% higher risk of dying from any cause. 17% higher risk of dying from heart disease, 9% for stroke and 7% for heart attack. So if you're telling me that I can have high single digit to double digit decrease in any of these by focusing on grip strength and what it takes to increase your grip strength, I'm all about it. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also important too to look at right now what one of the number one causes of injury is. And what's sad to say is it's in the thumbs because of people texting and, do, you know, using, you know, um, technology in their palms. And so, you know, we can say, okay, yeah, we're, we're having more and more issues in the hand region and the forearms and everything because of what we're doing. It's also important to think about, the, you know, like you said, we're talking about grip strength, but it's also the health of the joints, the wrist, the elbow, really, you know, your shoulders, your neck, all of that is going to be it's going to provide more strength when you're using some of these different types of, um, you know, uh, tools to measure your strength. And so it's also really important too, 
to think about that. I know we're going to talk about that when we're doing the assessments too. Without a doubt. So you can find this online, or if you buy um, any of the assessment tools, the grip dynamometers, you're going to see these charts in there. So it just gives you kind of, you know, a range of where people should fall. So just again, if we're going to do an assessment, we should have, again, we can look at just our own improvement, but you, it's always good to, to look at the norm. So this is just something I always throw in there, not hard to find if you're interested. Well, and I will say this, we had, my co-host had a very special birthday um, within the last okay. week. And so now you're in a totally different age range. Yes, I'm now in the 20 <laughs> to 29 category. Exactly. So, you know, I'm in teenage years. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> you pointing that out on uh, social media and the internet and for all time's sake. Thank you. Uh, well, you're one of my favorite people. So I want sure. everyone to celebrate with you. So just wanted to throw that out there. And that was, that was your plug. So let's talk about why this grip strength is so important. So when an object is placed into the, into um, a baby's, you know, um, hand. So let's say, and this one, I love this picture because I know when, when my son was born, I always put my fingers in his palms and I wanted him to, to hold my hand. And I was like, oh, look, you know, he loves me and look at, you know, and I'm playing with his little fingers. You know, when you're thinking about all this stuff, it's really, like you said earlier, Marty, you're going to dive deeper into that. It's really not what I think it was when I actually look at the research and we what it's about. We can go with it for you, Wendy. We can go with it for you. And well, no, but I mean, so when you're thinking about the reflex that appears at birth and persists until five to six months, many of us are familiar with that, that grip. But then it's also common as a sign of a strong and healthy baby. So I was like, yes. You know, once I read that, I was like, dude, my kid's he's amazing. <laughs> well, he is. There's no question. And he gets it all from Tony. So there's the shot back at you here. So, um, no, so I always joke, remember like when we were going through school, the Babinski, where you rub the foot in the, the toes curl, yes. very similar. Right. And the re why this really jumped out at me. And again, I was thinking the same thing you were Wendy. Now, of course, your child does adore you. My children, it was just purely reflex. But <laughs> I was just coming back from a conference uh, talking about primal movement patterns. And they were really going back to infancy and like they press up, they hold their head, they, they go, you know, then they'll eventually roll over. And I was in the car with my son, he squeezed my finger. I was like, oh my God, we've missed one because we are enamored with the baby. We think the baby loves us. It, I'm sure that if you talk to pediatricians, I'm sure there's a connection but this is a raw, oh, just pure instinctual thing to grip and grab. And this was coming off a similar time where I started using bottom-up kettlebell presses, mm -hmm. right, for shoulder stability. And a 25-pound dumbbell, piece of cake, 25-pound kettlebell feels heavier. So if you reverse engineer that, the ability or inability to grip, hold, and stabilize can make an object heavier or lighter, right, in the way it feels. And so there's a huge correlation between grip, grip strength and shoulder stability, especially in a closed chain. Let's go back to what babies have to do eventually, right? They have to press up, but they also have to grab stuff to try to feed themselves. So why would this not be the first thing that the body is hardwired to do to develop, right? Outside of breathing and the things that come naturally is you do need to develop grip strength or you're not going to survive. And we are still basically the same way cavemen and women work. So I was like, oh my God, maybe this is why the longevity is so, you know, such tied in because if you didn't have grip strength, you, there was no longevity. So it's, that's where I was excited. Like, okay, did we finally connect some dots instead of a period? Now there's a comma 
on why grip strength is so important. It's one, if not the first primal movement pattern that's hardwired in our body to develop. Yeah, well, and I love the research that follows it because it does look kind of creepy just because it was so old. So if we go to the next slide yes. and we start, and I well, mean, before, yeah, I mean, I should win an award for the oldest research article that's still relevant. Uh, yeah, but I mean, so if you're if you're looking at this, I mean, it is pretty disturbing to see this picture and the mom like, okay, is is the baby gonna fall? Is it not gonna fall? Yeah, but she's a, a new all the protocols nowadays, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. Well, you know. Um, a newborn's grasp is so strong that it can hold its entire body weight while it hangs from its arms. So that's what you're seeing here in this picture. And, you know, there have been hanging babies from a stick experiments, which when you think about just even the name of that research is kind of disturbing. And then if you see the year, I think it was 18, um, what is it, 1870, or 91, sorry. And it was published in the, Brit the British Medical Journal by Lewis Robinson. So again, this isn't something that is new. It's just something we don't often talk about. But as you can see, it is super, super important. Yeah, I think the dots were not connected there. So for any of you just joining, uh, yes, if you're joining and just seeing the hanging babies on a stick, the reason that myself, Marty Miller and Wendy Batts here, my co-host on the Master Instructor Roundtable, we're talking all things grip strength. So I promise you there's a rationale, but yes, 1891. And it's probably better that they did the research back then because it may not get approved as the way they did it nowadays. But um, I wonder yeah, how so many babies fell. Like, I mean, I want to know what the what the, not in the, the research. Study. I read it, and you'll see. I think here on the next slide, you can still find the full research article online. Which is I'm going to have to. I want to know how big this is. Meaning, you know, right. did they do? There it is. I cited my research from 1891. All right, I'm going to go in and look it up because I just want to see how big the ex, you know the experimental study was. Like, how many how many babies did they hang from a stick, and how many fell? <laughs> Now, I'm willing to bet that over the last hundred years, there's going to be more people reading this research again than in the last hundred years, right? But you should read the research article. Their terminology and stuff is pretty interesting to see how things have changed slightly. But at the end of the day, they produced a great study. And it really, I just think as an industry, we missed the beginning of it. We knew the end where grip strength was important, but we didn't reverse engineer it back to the beginning. Yeah. So I will not be conducting any of these experiments. I'm just saying. Well, when you think about performance, this is stuff that we actually do now. So now we're making it more relevant in today's world. And so when we're thinking about the development of grip, grip strength, it's often, as we've been talking about, overlooked, especially when you're thinking about um, resistance training programs. And I'm going to use an example, even with some of my professional athletes. It's one of those things that when I first start training them, I, I do want to see how strong their hand, hands are. So farmer carries, or maybe we're doing different types of um, hex bar lifts or something along those lines. And one of the things I hear often, and Marty, I'm sure you do as well, especially in the beginning, is they can lift a lot more than they can hold. And so that is a huge indicator too, that obviously there's a lot of things we need to work on, especially with specific sports that grip strength and, and power in their hands is so important. And so when you're thinking and you're looking again about, you know, linking the weak link in the kinetic chain into different sports, combat, football, and, and rotational and activities of daily living. If I know that they're weaker in their strength, but they're super strong in other areas, I need to equalize that. Because like you said, we want it to be, you know, grip strength is telling us a lot about someone's overall strength. So there's obviously some sort of imbalance that, that we know is there. 
um, even though we are going to continue to work on our grip strength, doing, you know, pull-ups if they can without compensations, like you said, the kettlebells, um, you know, bottom-up kettlebells, all that fun stuff. And if you look at these pictures, right, and then we go back to what I said with cavemen, could you really survive cavemen days if you weren't incredibly powerful with your forms, throwing spears, wrestling things, grabbing things, climbing things? That's how you would have survived, right? So now that we have a different, um, you know, society where now we don't have to do those type of things, but think about now sports performance. You see a football player just snag a ball out of the air. You see someone, and I worked in baseball forever. You see someone be able to hit a 95 mile baseball with a 32 to 36 ounce bat just by flicking their wrist. Mm -hmm. My son's into rock climbing. I've done martial arts forever. There's just those certain athletes that they grab onto you. You're like, oh dear God, I can't get away from this person. And I've always said from an athletic standpoint, I worried about the athlete with incredibly big forearms and incredibly big back and incredibly powerful hips more than the incredibly big chest. Right? Oh, yeah. Because that's just not what it takes to be a performance-based athlete the majority of times. So you can tie it back to survival. You can tie it back to sports performance or longevity, right? We always say everybody's an athlete. So I want to age as athletically as I can. So whether survival for me could be continuing my exercise, martial arts, or opening jars or being active, there's nobody that should not have some understanding of where they sit and creating programs based on grip strength. And the one thing, Wendy, that I'm so glad we've almost gotten rid of in this industry compared to when we started is remember how everyone used to use wraps to hold Yes, I was, that's exactly what I was going to go to next. Yes. I wrote it down because I was like, oh, um, so yeah. So finally, unless you are really doing something specific for a sport where you need the wrap, where that's more important, you're leaving the most important part on the table. Every time you're wrapping to do a pull down or a pull up or a hold, you're cheating yourself because you're eliminating the need for the grip strength. Yep. And now they have the wraps with um, the, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's plastic, but it has, it makes a loop where like you can put like a, you know, straight bar in there. If you're going to do like a deadlift or something along those lines. So they wrap, then the bar hooks to that. And then they just stand up <laughs> um, again, you know, all to their own choose wisely. If you'd want to use some of these tools and implements, but then I'm going to ask you, what's the purpose? Because are they, are they truly able to lift that? Because it's like, I want it to be an, you know, all in one movement, not something that I'm used utilizing, um, you know, wraps or something for, but I mean, there is a time and place, I guess. And so if it makes sense for your client, go for it. However, it is cheating too. Just keeping that in mind. <laughs> and, and just before we go any further today on the Master Instructor Roundtable, myself, Wendy Batts and Marty Miller are talking about getting a grip and grip strength. We've obviously talked about how important it is for longevity and overall health. We've seen a lot of great research and statistics. We talked about 1891, the hanging baby. Uh, research. So if you missed any of that, you've got to go back and look at the pictures because they're hilarious, even though there is some valid research. Talked about the importance of having really good grip strength and performance. And now let's go into training, Marty. Right. So when we talk about grip strength, okay, great. Now we're going to give you some takeaways. So when you think about it, there's multiple ways to train grip strength. So there's crushing, which is kind of that finger to palm. There's pinching, which is finger to thumb and then supporting. So there's different ways that you can apply it. So I found some very, uh, you know, good. Actually, I was impressed, Wendy. I found all three pictures, what I'm going to say with our type of form and technique, especially the guy doing the plate kickback, his head at least is in the right position. 
So usually that, you know, you can't find a good picture there. So think about how you can sneak stuff in, right? So we talked about not using wraps and supports if you don't have to, um, you know, there's the oversized grips, but let's even talk quickly and we'll bring it back up is the OPT model already builds it in there for you. If you are doing a four, two, two tempo or a two, zero, two tempo for strength, you're going to be doing more grip work than the traditional person in the gym. And I remember the first time I did that strength endured superset, my forearms were on fire. It wasn't the other muscles I was targeting because I was not used to holding things. So by following the acute variables, and that's why Wendy and I love the model so much is there's so much stuff snuck in there for you. But this is now, if you want to take the grip strength to the next level, you've got different choices. So if you're going to do uh, a kickback exercise, you could grab dumbbells, right? Great. Not a lot of grip strength required, but look what this guy's doing. He's getting a little more ingenious with, he's doing that kind of pinching. So now you could do, now he might just be holding a retracted position, which is still a great exercise for your core, the stabilizers of your shoulder, but, or you could do that and go into a kickback. And now you get your scapular stabilizers, some tricep work and that pinching. So there's just different ways to do it. You've got the oversized stuff. We'll show some tools here in a minute. But it's just thinking it through and sneaking this into the program where appropriate. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, too, you, I'm sure you guys have seen like the American Ninja Warrior. And you look at when they have to climb these walls and everything and they're holding on to these just little bitty areas in order to grab, swing and do everything for time. If you ever get a chance to truly, I mean, especially after I looked at some of the stuff, there was an episode that was just randomly on and I usually don't have time to watch it. But look at their forearms. I mean, again, that's how they're getting across. They're using their forearms, not necessarily their body, not necessarily their hips, not their, not the powerhouses that we're normally used to seeing. But again, you know, every everything that we do in in life, you know, requires different uh, movements and utilization of different body parts. And so I just found that fascinating, just watching these guys, you know, just literally. Go right. across. And, and Wendy, if I can jump in there, this, you know, this wasn't an opportunity for me. And I'm so glad that my son, one of my sons has found it. If I could go back and either do gymnastics or rock climbing, my son doesn't do traditional uh, fitness weight room type of stuff right now, but his hip mobility is ridiculous. His foot and ankle dexterity is ridiculous. His grip strength is out of this world, his back strength, right? Because that's what he likes to do. But when you look at it, it's really a very functional based stability and strength training protocol in multiple planes. Like mm -hmm. man, oh man, would that be, I'm not saying not to do the traditional stuff, but if you were going to add an activity, just even doing a little bit of that is a great way to develop total body athleticism. Indeed. <laughs> so I'm going to go rock climbing now. So when we're thinking about the muscles, we're obviously talking about the flexors in the hand and the forearm that creates the actual gripping force. And then the opposite side, so your extensors of the forearms are going to stabilize the wrist. And so when you're thinking about the model, of course, the exercises aimed at improving grip strength should also stress the flexors to improve the amount of force produced in the gripping action. While the extensors of the forearms should also be trained to improve the endurance and stability of the hands and wrist against the external load. And so, as I mentioned before, often my clients will complain that their forearms or their hands just can't do it, even though they can lift that amount of load. So, again, as a trainer, I have to be more creative and to what I want them to do, making sure there's not compensation. Because, again, 
as I'm working on grip strength and thinking about the forearms and the extensors and everything, it does take time to build just like in every other workout and exercise that you do. It's going to take time to actually, you know, build that adaptation, build that strength. Without a doubt. And then, you know, same thing with the recovery. Do I use massage gun on my forearms and things like that after I train them? Yes. Especially if you're going to be training them for the first time, it would be just like what you'd expect out of any other muscle. So file the model, you know, there's ways that you can use, especially now with the, uh, how easy it is to find the vibration massage guns. You would apply it the same way as you would any other body part. Cause you want them to be loose and limber and ready to go as well as from a recovery standpoint. Yes. And here's the toys we talked about. And these are just a couple. I, you, I saw, you know, I pro, I'm, actually I provided a picture with towels are fabulous. You don't have to purchase anything. The top one, the blue ones, they're actually called fat grips. There's different sizes because everyone's uh, hands are different size. Then the one below it is, I think they call that the dog bone. So it's again, a thicker handle. And then that on the left, it's hard to see because I didn't put a picture of a standard bar. That's a fat bar, right? It's just thicker. So it's just going to require whether you're pulling, pushing, or doing whatever with it, it's harder to get your full hand around it. So these are implements that can be put in, but again, kettlebells are great ways like bottom up presses, all these other things that just require your forearms to work to a higher level. Yeah. And like you said, towels, I mean, anything that you can use, I mean, you don't have to buy anything, anything crazy, but just change up your grip. And so here we go, the key takeaways. So again, you want to understand the importance of grip strength and everything that we do. So all activities of daily living, you know, especially, especially when you're working with elder like populations. So, you know, active older adults is what we're calling them these days. Um, especially as I increase in age too, I want to continue to call it that. Um, because again, opening my own jar, that is super important. Like, you know how awful and like, I, I don't, I will do everything in my power not to ask for help to open a jar. I'm beating the sides of it. I'm grabbing any kind of thing um, because I know that I'm strong enough to do it. So I get frustrated with myself. And so again, these things are important, especially as we age. So it is important too, when you are doing different types of workouts, switch the different, like you said, the, the width of the bars, switch the different types of tools that you're using with your clients you know, see if they can do like hanging things where they have to hold on to something and then maintain proper five kinetic chain checkpoints um, throughout everything that you're having them do. And if you keep doing this and reassessing, so Marty, you know, you, you showed um, a way, a, a tool and implement you could use. Um, but like you said, there are multiple different ways to assess grip strength. Look at it every four to six weeks, just like you do on someone's movement assessment. See if you see a benefit because it will lead to long-term benefits overall. And again, on my longer extended uh, presentation for Optima, one of the things I do myself is like the Olympic plates, um, mm -hmm. you know, depending on how strong and the size of your hands, you can even grab like the 25 pound plates because they're thin because they're bigger and just stand with your five connect chain checkpoints, great posture, stare at a clock if you're by yourself and see how long can you hold that with that pinching and see if you can get 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 40, right? Like that can be a training protocol for endurance or it can be an assessment as well. Well, and I, you know, another one of the exercises that I use with some of, again, with some players, so they have to be strong is I would think about the plate. Um, again, I usually use the rubber ones and not the metal ones when I'm doing this particular exercise, but I'll have them in, in like a one-arm row stance. So they're just in a bent over hinge position, maintaining proper alignment and their, their arm is hanging straight down, holding, pinching a weight. And then they have to switch hands, switch hands, and they go back and forth. And so 
they have to be able to react quickly so the weight doesn't fall, but then also they have to use their, their grippers. grippers. <laughs> so, they're grippers. I'm telling you. So Marty, this was fun. I'm glad that, that you know, you were willing to, to do a shorter part of what you did, because I think, you know, if you guys missed Optima and Marty's session, it was absolutely incredible. Um, but you can see the importance of grip strength. And so thank you for bringing that to the forefront for sure. Now, my pleasure. I think it's just one of those hidden things that we just need to spark an idea and then people are off and running. Yes. And if you guys have any more ideas or anything you want Marty and I to talk about, always feel free to contact us and let us know what is it that you want us to talk about. If there are certain questions that you have, please send them our way. And you can do that by emailing me directly at wendy.bats at nasm.org, or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13. And my information is right here as well. So you've got dr.martymiller72 for Instagram. And then my email, marty.miller at nasm.org. So Wendy, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for all your great comments and, you know, validating how you see this as an important topic. And for all of you who joined us this week, thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you on next week's Master Instructor Roundtable.